Guys, so I'm super excited about this series. We're starting a brand new series. It's called TGIM. Thank God it's Monday. And um, I feel like work, no, not, not TGIF. That's the one you're used to. Thank God it's Friday. You know what I mean? Like the whole week been grinding, grinding, grinding. Now it's Friday. You're pumped for the weekend. Now you can really live. You know what I mean? So, so not, not thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Monday. And I believe that if we, we understand what God really wants for us and, or what God's desire for us regarding work, we would wake up on Monday saying, shouting, thank God, it's Monday. I feel like work gets a bad rap, and I think it's for that that we, that we get like, interesting sayings. So I remember watching the, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves when I was a kid, and they, they sang this song. It, I sort of always, always, like Moira mentioned about that worship song, I, I just thought they were just saying random words. You know, it goes something like, I-O, I-O, off to, words I go, off to work I go, right? It's not I-O, I-O. That's not one of those worship songs. It's I-O, I-O. I've got debt. Off to work I go, because I have to go work so that I can pay my debts. And this, this look, we live in a culture where we don't, we don't work we don't live, no, no, I'm going to say that, I'm saying I'm going to say it wrong. We live in a culture where we have to work. We work is a thing we, we're obligated to do. We have to engage in this grind so that I can pay all the bills. It's nothing like receiving your salary at the end of the month, then it's gone by the first. <laughs> that's the worst, right? But that's how we feel. That's why we need to work, because we've got all these debts that need to be paid, and we need a grind to make it happen. We have to work. And you know that conversation, whenever you meet someone new, like at a party, you meet some new people, it's like, how's it, how are you, how are you doing, I'm Jacques. And then, I, I wanna say the dreaded question, but it's not a dreaded question. At some point in this conversation, you, either you're gonna say it or they're gonna initiate it. Then someone says, so, what do you do for a living? And then for me, that's lovely. It's an opportunity to evangelize, because I'm a pastor. <laughs> so when someone says, so when I say to someone, what do you do for a living, they say, well, I'm a CEO, and I'm like, well, I'm a pastor. And then they say, well, how does that happen? And then I get the opportunity to share that whole story. That's amazing. So use it as an opportunity. But often the intent behind that question is to determine your status and whether or not I will continue having a conversation with you. And that regard, work gets a bad rap. And then the other one, thank God it's Friday. So, so I'm bad, I'm super bad at, at, at social media, okay? I know for a fact some of you had friend requested me and I haven't accepted your request, not because I hate you, I just don't do social media, okay? So I love you, I think you're amazing. I really do wanna be your friend. So because I don't do social media, my wife told me just the other day that apparently there's this thing on Fridays where like, there's this thing where there's this drive where there's like a build up in celebration to the weekend and then they play the song. How does it go? It's Friday, it's Saturday, Sunday, what? Yeah, you know that song. I'm not going to sing it. I'm not in the band for a reason. But you know that song. And then there's this build-up because Friday's coming. Then we get to really live and celebrate life compared to this grind, this negative thing that I have to do. The Lord reminded me when I was in high school, um, whenever I would go on school, holiday, like school holidays, Close to the end of school holidays. School holidays are the best. Just, just if, you, if you don't know, school holidays are the best. No, you're not at school anymore. You can do whatever you want. Close to the end of school holidays, there was this ad that used to come up, the stationary ad. Now, if you're my age or you're a parent of someone my age, you'll remember this ad. They would, they would sing these words. They would sing, back to school, back to reality. <laughs> and then I would get that, you know what I'm talking about? I'll get that knot in my stomach because I know tomorrow is school, Monday. And then that Sunday, carte blanche. 
Guys, the theme song of Carte Blanche was my worst on Sundays as a student because it was a reminder, back to school, bro, back to work, and that knot that used to jump up in my stomach because school and studying wasn't actually what God had called me to do. He called me to celebrate my life on school holidays and weekends. So we're hoping, we're hoping that after the series, thank God it's Monday, you'll have a new way to look at your work week, or new way to, you'll find a new way to look at work. Now, I want to say this real quick. I recognize that not everyone here is working, okay? Not all of you. Some of you are still studying at school. Some of you are still studying at varsity. You don't yet have a job. But you, your job at the moment is preparing for whatever God has next for you. It's good to be in the chapter you're in. You just need to commit and keep doing what God has called you to do. Put your head down, do the grind, do what God has called you to do. Amazing stuff. It's also true that some of you are currently unemployed. I want to recognize that. That doesn't mean that this series is going to be irrelevant for you. In fact, your job is to seek God, to ask Him, what does He have for you now? Maybe it's finding a job or putting together a CV or maybe even equipping yourself with the necessary skills so that God can provide an opportunity for you. Some of you are parents. Some of you are full-time parents. Maybe you're a stay-at-home dad or a stay-at-home mom. And I believe you probably have the most difficult job of all. And society doesn't recognize you or celebrate you. So can I ask at least this building, if you're watching online, can we celebrate all the stay-at-home dads and all the stay-at-home moms, please, just for a moment? We recognize you and we thank you. And I also know that some of you are retired. You no longer have to work but that is your job. You now have an opportunity to impart wisdom. Like, you, you're not, like I'm also balding, can I just throw that out? You're not losing your hair and becoming super gray for nothing. God's got so much for you lined up. I keep hearing this quote by Skip Collins, he used to be a pastor at this church. Apparently he used to say that if you're not dead, you're not done. Believe God is something significant for you, even in this season. So just so you know, the series is gonna be, we're gonna be camping out in, in Genesis, chapter one right through to chapter three, and then we're gonna be looking at 10 points over three weeks, and today I'm gonna to be introducing three of those points. Hopefully some of these ideas would help you find a new way to look at work. Okay, cool, let's get into this message. Point number one, if you wanna write this down. First thing we see in Genesis is that work is good. Work is good. It's something that God gave us to do, okay? So, so in my preparation, I remembered when I was in standard one, that's grade three, we had um, Bible class or teachings or whatever, was it Bible class, we, we, we were obligated to have Bible teachings. And the teacher spoke to us about the story of Adam and she told us about the tree that they weren't supposed to eat of, etc. And then for some reason, I received this message, whether she said it that way, or whether I just interpreted it that way, that I received the message that we work as a result of the fall of man. Adam sinned, and because of Adam's sin, we now have to work and sweat and be part of this grind so that we can get to Friday and Saturday, Sunday, what? <laughs> That's why I'm not in the band, just to throw that out again. All right, so, so work is good. But here's the truth. I'm gonna quickly read Genesis 2, verse one to three to you. There's two things I wanna highlight from chapters one and two, okay? The first thing is this, God is a worker. Genesis 1, verse 2 to 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. 
but the, uh, but the seventh day, God had finished the work, the work he had been doing. So that on the seventh day, he rested from what? He rested from all the create, creative work that he had done. So God, we see, was a worker. He worked, he, he showed us, he put everything in. Then he showed us, not, not because I believe he, he needs to rest, but I think he wants to show us that when you work, you also need to rest. We call it the Sabbath. And we often preach about the Sabbath. We often preach about slowing down, but often we don't spend enough time in the work part, the six days that we actually commit to working. So point number one is God is a worker. And he hasn't stopped working. He hasn't stopped working. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And I'm in a massively privileged position where I see through the power of the Holy Spirit God doing incredible things in people's lives almost on a daily basis. It's, it's insane. The other day I prayed for someone who got healed of cataracts. I saw someone be completely delivered from a, a drug addiction in an instant. We know that's not everybody's journey, but God is still working and he wants to keep working and he wants to work in our lives. So let's invite him in. Work is good. We learn that God is a worker. And then we also see that point number two under work is good, that God made us to work. Genesis 1 verse 28 he commission, in Genesis 1 verse 28, he commissions us people, who were to create, to, and we were created in, in his image, and he commissioned us to be fruitful and to multiply. To be fruitful and to multiply. So that doesn't only mean have lots of children, be fruitful and have lots of children. I believe that he wants us to be fruitful in our work. He wants us to produce and then, be mul- and then multiply. You'll notice in the Garden of Eden, God never gave Adam or Eve any tables, for example. He only provided the resources. He said, there are trees. Now I want you to be fruitful, to produce something, produce a table. Take this tree, cut it down, transform it into something new, and then multiply. Good businesses. You build a table that works, then multiply and sell it all over the place. And you keep doing that until that product doesn't sell anymore. And you do something new. You produce something and multiply. Good business principles, I believe, as well, even though I'm not a businessman. <laughs> Bible says so, that's great. Genesis 2, verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it, to work it, and to take care of it. So this was before the fall of man. So God blessed work. He says, it is good. And right throughout the Bible, we see biblical characters doing good work. For example, Isaac developed real estate. Jacob was a rancher of sheep. Joseph was a government official in charge of agriculture, the economy, and immigration policy. Moses spent 40 years as a sheep herder. Esther, Esther won a beauty pageant and then became part and, and entered into government service. David was a muso. He was a muso. And he worked in the military and statecraft. Daniel was an immigrant who attended Babylon's version of Oxford and became a prime minister. Lydia was a successful businesswoman in textiles. Paul was a tent maker. Jesus was a carpenter. God, the creator of the universe, becomes man and chooses to not sit on a throne and have people feed him grapes and wave palm leaves at him. No. God, 
becomes man, Emmanuel, Jesus, God is with us, and chooses to work more than three quarters of his life. And he produces, as a carpenter, tables and chairs and whatever else he produced. So even Jesus shows us that work is good. So point number one, work is good. Second thing we want to speak about is that work is difficult. Work is difficult. Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 to 19. To Adam, God said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of. Curse the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you'll eat, of all, you'll eat of it all the days of your life. Verse 18, it'll produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. So that's where that idea that work is cursed comes from. Work isn't cursed. The ground was. Up until this point, the ground was very um, um, compliant. Whatever they did worked, they produced. They didn't have to apparently work very hard to produce something. From this moment, thorns and thistles would be there. They would have to work. I remember just last week, my gardener hadn't been to my house for ages. So my yard is a train wreck. There are thorns and thistles everywhere. So I decided I was going to work my garden. I worked for 30 minutes and I was done. I remember thinking, like sweating like now. <laughs> that means I'm doing good work, by the way. That's why I'm sweating. I'm earning, what I, earning my salary here, okay? <laughs> I remember thinking to myself while I was pulling out weeds, just thinking, Adam, bro, could you not just have left, left this fruit so that I wouldn't have to work and sweat so hard right now? So work is good, but we have to admit also that work is hard because of the thorns and thistles. Now, if you're, if you're in agriculture, this is very relevant, almost directly. It makes sense. You're trying to work a piece of land because you want to produce something. You need to work the land. You need to get rid of the weeds. You need to fertilize, et cetera, et cetera. It makes, this makes perfect sense. But if you're, not a, if you're not a farmer, the same principle still applies to you. You wonder why it's so difficult at your work, thorns and thistles. We're going to be faced with these thorns and thistles all the days till we return to the ground. The truth is we have the ability, God says, to work it. So I don't know what work you do, but the thorns and thistles that are there, I know for a fact God has given either you the ability to pluck them out, might be a bitter relationship, fix it. That's what we do as Christians. We say sorry and then we move on. But it might be something that's completely out of your control. But we need to say, God, I'm trusting you to remove this or to remove me and give me another opportunity. But I'm trusting you in this. Steve Anderson, um, a friend of mine and also uh, one of the board members of Latitude, the, the internship program who we partner with in the States, did a talk and he spoke about the big three. Three of the things that make our work either uns unsatisfying or, or difficult. The big three, now there's many of them. I'm not gonna go through a list of thorns and thistles. You know exactly what they are. What I'm saying to you is if you can fix it, do it biblically. Or if you need to trust God, start trusting God to bring the transformation. But I'm gonna highlight three principles real quick. The big three, point number one, he says, we, we often feel frustrated in our workspace because we don't have the respect from our supervisors or our coworkers. Now that might be a thorn or thistle for you. You might need to trust God to bring transformation or maybe you need to up your game, I don't know. Then he says, another thorn or thistle could be that you're not getting fair compensation. So you might have respect 
from your supervisor and your coworkers, but you're not fairly compensated. And that might be as simple as a conversation with your supervisor. It might be as simple as fasting for a month and trusting God. It's not so simple. But what I'm saying is we need to trust God in this. Or it might be that you don't have spiritual fulfillment. So I've been lucky enough that, that I've been able to step into what I believe my calling is at a, at a very young age. So I'm doing what, what my calling is right now. But before that, I worked like several odd jobs, okay? So one of the first spaces I worked in was in um, uh, hospitality. I was a waiter at a restaurant, and I must say, some people thrive in those environments, but for me, it was the absolute worst. The hours was a train wreck. I, was getting, I wasn't getting fairly compensated, but I wasn't getting fair compensation because I didn't actually want to serve customers. I was also getting eight rand an hour. <laughs> so I was happy to work for eight rand an hour, get whatever the two rand at the end of the day. It's not good math, I know that. Get my two rand at the end of the day and not serve customers, then actually do the work. Wait, I hated it. Then I decided, Lord, this isn't for me. I want to do something else. So then I found like another odd job at Gateway. And um, you guys remember where the climbing wall used to be at the other end of Gateway? So I used to work there. There was these trampolines. And what we would do is we'd harness kids into little straps and we'd shoot them eight meters in the air. And I get to jump on a trampoline for eight hours a day. It was also a train wreck. <laughs> kids loved it though. So, so this was a phenomenal business, I must be honest. So this, this, this little business got hundreds and hundreds of customers almost every day, especially during holiday seasons. Then they moved us from inside the climbing wall just outside to where the Armax is or used to be, if you know more or less where I'm at. Just outside, probably 40 meters outside. That minor adjustment in location caused that little business to go from hundreds of customers per day to maybe one or two a day. Then I had the privilege of sitting under the sun with an ugly red hat, serving no one for eight hours. It wasn't great. So I said, Lord, I'm not satisfied. You know, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting in the sun. This isn't my favorite. I need you to give me work that's significant. I need to be able to add value. Please give me work that's significant. I want to be able to do what you've called me to do, and I'm not doing it here. I'm not even kidding. Almost the moment I said amen, this lady walks up to me. She came out of the doors where the climbing wall used to be. She came out of those doors, walked straight up to me and said, hey, do you want to work, you want a job in, re in re retail? I said, what? Yes, I want a job in retail. Also, what's retail? <laughs> then she said, oh, fine. You're going to need to sell designer clothing store, uh, designer clothes at the, at the clothing store we just opened. I thought, designer clothing store, am I going to get a discount? For sure. I'm in. She said, come for an interview the next day. So I rock up for the interview, and I had to walk through one of Gateway's little alleys. They've got these little alleys. Walk through there, and I found a little ball, a red plastic ball. So I walk into the shop, and I was just in a playful mood, and I see a guy standing in front of me, and I said, hey, you catch. So I chuck this ball at this guy, who turns out was the owner. So he says, who are you? I said, Jacques, I'm coming to apply for a job. And he says, oh, I'm the owner. <laughs> he says, I love your energy. You've got the job. I was like, was that my interview? Yes. And then they made me the manager of their clothing store <laughs> because of that red ball. Anyway, the reason I tell you this story was God wants to open doors for you. He gave me, I mean, I wasn't, wasn't fairly compensated, I have to say that. I, was, wasn't, I, was, I wasn't happy with where I was working. But, but what God did for me at this place was give me the skills that launched my ministry because I wasn't able to talk to people. And here on a daily basis, I spoke to hundreds and hundreds of people as God was preparing me for whatever the next phase was. What I'm saying is it's okay to be in the chapter that you're in. It's okay to move on from that chapter. Work is good. Work can be difficult. And lastly, work is satisfying. Work is satisfying. Genesis 1 verse 33 says this. It says, God saw 
all that he had made, and it was very good. So here's God. He made everything, rested on the seventh day, then he looked at his work, and he said it was good. I imagine Jesus, after working a hard day of doing carpentry, looking back at what he'd done and said, it was good, satisfying. It's okay to have a satisfying job. In fact, it should be satisfying. Ecclesiastes 5, verse 18, says this, says this directly. It says, um, this is what I observed to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat and drink and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them. For this is their lot. So God desires for your work to be good. He wants you to enjoy your work. Now, how can I, how can I have work that is satisfactory? Remember that story about I was telling you sitting outside in the sun for eight hours. I wasn't adding any value. So how do I turn the job that is not satisfying into something that is satisfying? I reckon you, you do work where you can add value. Do work where you can add value. You can even start adding value from this current work you're doing. Let me give you a quote from John Maxwell. John Maxwell says, the bottom line in leadership isn't how far you can advance yourselves or ourselves, but how far we can advance others. You wanna turn your mundane work into something that's satisfying. Turn it into work where you can add value to others. How do you add value to others? You add value to others by truly valuing them. By truly valuing them. In the evening service, we did a series called Mud and the Masterpiece, and the whole idea was built on, imagine if you find a Mona Lisa in an alley somewhere, covered in mud. Would you just toss it? Would you throw it away as rubbish? Or would you recognize the value underneath the mud? And then take this masterpiece to a master restorer, in fact, the one who created it, to remove the mud. When we value people, often what we do, when we don't value people, often what we do is we see the mud. These people at work frustrate you because of the mud. But when we truly value people, we recognize the masterpiece inside of them. They were created in the image of God. And you have the ability to add value to even them. How else do you add value? You add value by making ourselves more valuable. Making yourself more valuable. Increasing your capacity, learning more skills, etc. Um, how else do you add value? By doing things that God values. Find work. Work is satisfying. You can have satisfying work by adding value. Lastly, I'm going to wrap this up real quick. You can have satisfying work by utilizing your God-given gifts. By utilizing your God-given gifts. The truth is that every single one of us, every day, every day, we're going to be doing things that we're bad at, okay? Some of you are gifted, for example, at administration. Good. I suck at admin. Like, that's literally my worst thing. I'm, I can fail at admin, I know that. But I have to do it every day. It's part of my job. All of us will do stuff every day that we're bad at. All of us will do stuff every day that we're good at. Good enough to get the job done, but no one will hire you for this kind of work. All of us will do work that we're excellent at. And someone could potentially hire you to do this job but I want to get to this last one. All of us will do stuff every day that God wired you to do. Your unique ability. I even want to go as far as saying your superpower. At the end of Genesis, 
Jacob is now 147 years old. That's old. He's, get, he's about to die. And he calls his whole family together to bless them. And one would expect someone who's about to die just to say, guys, I'm going soon. Um, God bless you. But he doesn't do that. In fact, he starts off and then he goes off for at least 30, close to 40 verses on blessing each of his children individually. He goes to Reuben and he says, I bless you with this. He goes to Simon, then he goes to Judah and he keeps going and he keeps blessing them and he starts doing the groundwork for specialization. He doesn't just say, hey guys, bless you. Each of us have a unique and special wiring and calling. Work will be satisfying when we step into that zone. Now, I know what my zone is. I know what my zones are. It's my top three spiritual gifts. When I get into step into those three spaces, I'm at my best, I feel. Teaching, leadership, and evangelism. When I step into that space, I'm satisfied. I feel fulfilled, even if, I get, even if I'm unfairly compensated. I thrive in those areas. The question is, what is your unique gifting and ability? What is the superpower God has given you? And will you step into this space? You might not know what it is. Maybe, it's, maybe we take some time finding out what that is. How can, how can you find out? Oh, it might, might be good to ask your heavenly father. Ask him. I don't think he wants to keep it a secret from you. I think he wants to show you why he made you. It might be something as simple as doing a spiritual gifts assessment. It might steer you in the right direction. This might be very underdeveloped uh, at this stage, and that's okay. Let God develop this. But here's what I wanna do. So very simple. Work is good, we know that. Work is difficult, but work can be satisfying. The truth is that some of you might be unemployed. And I believe God wants to answer your prayer. I'm gonna take some time praying for that. Some of you might be in a work situation where you're not satisfied because you're unfairly compensated or you're not being respected or, or, or. And I believe God can do something fantastic in your current workplace if you feel that it's toxic. You might be retired. You might not be working full-time anymore, but I believe God has something so special for you that it will blow your mind. It's got a massive purpose for you, and I'm gonna pray for that as well. So just with everybody's eyes closed, I'm gonna pray for those three areas, okay? Unemployed, you might be in a difficult work situation, or you might not be working, because you don't have to, for whatever reason, but you wanna find significance again and step into God's calling for your life. So everybody's eyes closed, just real quick. If, you, if you're currently unemployed, or wanna stand in the gap for someone who's unemployed, please put your hand up, and then down again. Thank you, lots of hands, thank you, thank you. Awesome, thank you. If you are in a workspace that, that you're very unsatisfied because it's difficult, because you're unfairly treated, you don't have respect, you're unfairly compensated, or it's just a toxic work environment, if that's you, I would love to pray for you, for God to do something powerful at your workplace or to give you a new chapter, whatever that may be. If that's you, just quickly put your hand up and put it down again. Thank you. Lots of hands all over. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome, and then lastly, I wanna pray for those who are unemployed because they don't have to work. You don't have to work right now, but you want significance. You really wanna discover your superpower and start thriving from that space. If that is you, please put your hand up. I would love to pray with you. Thank you, thank you. 
Thank you. Awesome. Father, we just come to you right now in Jesus' name. Your word says whatever we want, we must ask in your name and you'll give that to us. Father, and we know that we are praying according to your will now. We're praying according to scripture and you've spoken so clearly about how you want us to do work in this time. Fathers, I pray for those who are currently unemployed. I pray, Lord, that you would provide an opportunity. I pray that you would help them gain the skills. I pray that you would open doors that no one can shut. And I pray that you would shut doors that no one can open. But I pray, Lord, that you would provide job opportunities for those who are currently unemployed. We stand in the gap for them, and we have faith for them on their behalf. Father, thank you that we have faith like a mustard seed. And this giant mountain of unemployment that was so difficult for us to move, you look down on, and it's a speck for you, and nothing is impossible for you. And we thank you in faith for these jobs. Father, I thank you for those who just put their hands up for their current work situation. Many of us are not in a great space. And we want to wake up tomorrow morning saying, thank God it's Monday, I get to do this. And I pray for all those reasons, all those thorns and thistles that we mentioned. Toxic work environment, unfairly compensated, lack of respect. I pray, Lord, that you would do something significant in each of our lives. That you would either help us to step up and be Christ-like in this moment, or that you would do something miraculous in their lives. And lastly, Lord, I pray for those who are we're not working because they don't have to. They don't have to. But they want significance right now. They want to step into this calling that you have for this season in their lives. And I pray that you would use them. I pray that you would anoint them, send them, and help them to transform the world in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen and amen.